much, Jacinta from I'll Meet You in Lockdown. Obviously, this is our um, second series that we've got going at the moment over uh, COVID-19. Um, so we are speaking to some of our hotels and one of our new hotel brands to actually um, to come on to Senior Stays, to join Senior Stays, I should say, uh, is the Adara Hotel brand. And today I have Candy the Listen from the Adara Hotel Group. Um, and we're chatting about all things COVID-19 and also um, we'll be talking a little bit about travel too. But first of all, welcome, Candy. Hey, how you going, Jacinta? Nice to actually meet you in lockdown. It is. It's good. Oh, it's not good being at home, but it's it's good to um, good to meet you too. Now, listen, um, we want to know a little bit about you first, so we'd love to get a snap a snapshot of your background of where you um, started in in your career. Oh, snapshot. Oh, goodness. I was a bit of an Adelaide girl. So back in 1989, um, I followed, uh, followed as every young girl does at that time, uh, the, the boy. So my, my now husband uh, lived in Melbourne and he happened to be there. And essentially, I was only supposed to be here for six weeks before I thought I would um, have a look, at a look look for a job. Um, I was packing my little Datsun 120Y up to go home when... I had the opportunity to meet with a then sales manager at um, Leader Newspapers. He was looking for a receptionist. So I went up and had a bit of a chat with him and uh, by the end of the day, he actually felt that I was a good fit for, for his, his office. Um, I went off and did the, uh, the old typing test um, in, in at the Leader Newspaper building in Blackburn and uh, passed that and... My, my journey essentially began back in 1989 with um, Leader. So I started in reception, uh, really got annoyed at helping all of the sales consultants do their work. So throughout the course of like 23 years, I went from receptionist to advertising consultant to sales consultant, um, senior sales consultant, and then um, through one of the very first stages of rebranding, I went to, um, I became a sales manager. Okay. And oh, it, was about, yeah, it was about six or seven years, um, I think, off the top of my head that I was a sales manager working across different publications. Oh, sounds um, oh, it was, uh, look, it was It was fantastic. I think I really need to attribute uh, a lot of my foundations in sales, community service, um, you know, working with the community to the training um, and working with such a, a big brand. Uh, there were a lot of fun times, there were a lot of stressful times with, um, you know, 33 deadlines across multiple mastheads at that time. But I think the training, the support, the friendships there, um, yeah, were fantastic. Oh, that's great. And where did you go to, how did you get into hospitality? That's a, that's a bit of an interesting one, actually. So with the with obviously the digital um, age, print media back in two thousand and twelve, they did some fairly significant restructuring. And during that restructuring, I was given the opportunity to either take a redundancy or to go and work at um, our HWT uh, site in Southbank. Uh, I live in Mulgrave, and working in the city didn't actually appeal to me all that much. So I decided to take a, a leap of faith that they had trained me so well. I, I like to talk. I, I love people. Um, and so I, yeah, I took the redundancy 
back in 2012 and then hospitality and accommodation um, this position with the, the then owners became available and I realised that everything that I'd learned, all of my skill sets um, were transferable. So sales and marketing, um, so you went into the sales and marketing side of things or just the sales with, with the hospitality? So with hospitality, it originally started out as the business development um, executive side of things or business development manager, I think it was. So obviously developing, um, you know, businesses and, and relationships. And since, since 2012, it's really evolved. I think you can't take the newspaper out of the girl, honestly. I think everything from a creative perspective, from a copywriting perspective, um, all of those things have been able to complement what I do here. Um, you know, previously we we weren't at Adara. We were actually under a well-known um, franchise and there were some great foundations that were built from there. And I think all of those things combined from 23 years in, you know, print media, it started off as sales, but it has certainly developed um, over the years. I, I do most of the sales and marketing. I mean, it's a small team where we are a small independent organisation um, and some of the things we get right and some of the things we get wrong. But, um, yeah, it, it certainly evolved and um, it's been a lot of fun. That's great. Now, with Adara Hotels, how many hotels are in the, in the actual hotel group? Is it just the four here in Melbourne? Yes, yeah. So we were obviously before uh, before this uh, interesting time, we were looking at um, expanding, but I think we'll just we'll sit on that for a little while. So we've got four properties in Melbourne, all one specifically in the CBD and four on the CBD fringe. And you, they're all well they're all well uh, located. Can you just explain to everybody where they are located? Because you've you've got some really great spots there. Yeah, so um, I'm going to start with possibly the CBD property, which is um, Adara Franklin. So we rebranded that uh, early last year. Um, it would be our most budget-priced um, property. And that's located at 118 Franklin Street. That's um, right across the road from the Queen Vic Market. So yeah, prime spot. You can right at the front of the... Um, the tram zone, the free tram zone, you know, it's in walking distance to literally everything that you need to get to um, in Melbourne. And then we move over to our, um, you know, sunny beachside properly, not not exactly on the beach, but uh, our property in St Kilda. So that's at 135 Inkerman Street in St Kilda. Um, that lends itself really well to backpackers, tourists, um, you know, corporates. It's a really eclectic mix that um, travel into St Kilda. It's literally, if you're young, fit and healthy, it probably take about 20 minutes to walk to the beach. So you're getting that um, seaside experience without the cost, I guess. And plenty um, to see along the way in St Kilda too. Uh, Doesn't matter where yeah. you walk, there's some really interesting spots there. So, uh, Especially the Sunday Esplanade Market. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, now, and then you've got one over in Brunswick and you've got yep. one in... Um, Richmond. Richmond, where I'm currently sitting um, at the moment. So Richmond's the longest established property. So this has been here for in excess of 16 years, even from when it was rebranded. It um, is directly opposite the Epworth Hospital. So, you know, we have a really good, strong, obviously, hospital market. Um, and then Brunswick was a brand new build that we opened, oh, 
October, what are we now, 20, so October 2018. Right. Um, or officially, I think we, we took our first customers in um, the Melbourne Cup weekend. So we opened that brand new build. Um, both of these properties probably have to be my favourite in, in, in different ways. Um, location for Franklin, obviously the beachside for St Kilda, um, mm. for, for convenience to the city, both Brunswick and, um, you know, Richmond work really well. And they have different markets across all. You would. Um, just getting back to the one uh, there opposite the Epworth, well, no doubt at the moment with um, the COVID-19 situation, how has that impacted your business um, across the board? But also, could you just discuss with us a little bit about what you've been doing over the last couple of weeks with that particular property um, opposite the Epworth? Well, it, it's interesting. Um, you, would, you, pro you probably have expected Epworth to you know, be our main driving force. And it is, um, it, ha it has slowed down a little bit because obviously elective surgery is now um, people uh, postponing a few things. Um, but I think because we have a lot of hospital experience, I reached out to a couple of connections a few weeks back um, from the state government in respect to, uh, I guess, from a personal experience, what I consider to be um, exceptionally important, and that's our healthcare professionals. And reached out just saying, you know, we are, you know, open and available um, for, for healthcare professionals and that conversation led to an opportunity to host some healthcare professionals who, for whatever reason, needed to self-isolate. And I think it's important to say self-isolation is not a scary thing. It doesn't mean that somebody's contracted it and they're, you know, running around infecting the property because no. they're not... Um, you know, especially with our healthcare professionals, these people are working in an environment where they're, they're exposed, um, they have families to go home to, they might have, you know, elderly parents, they might have young children, um, and they may have been in direct contact with, um, you know, a person that is currently, um, uh, has contracted it. So this was put out and um, we actually were privileged enough, I think is a word, to be able to host some healthcare professionals in that um, environment and they were in self-isolation, which meant, hi, how are you going? Check you in, wash our hands just to make sure um, and see you later for, you know, 14 days or whatever the period was. Um, I think after the first 24 hours, we all start to go all started to think about what we could do because emotionally as well we were thinking I, th I think it probably really hit me um I happened to be in when one of them was checking in mm -hmm. and she'd actually found out that she'd been in, in, in contact so it doesn't she wasn't infected um mm -hmm. but you know as a portion for everybody um mm -hmm. she was going into isolation and just her raw emotion on because it had been a couple of days prior and where she had been, that absolute emotion of um, wanting to just get into that room and stay there until mm. she was clear. Um, I could see, you know, I could see that. So we decided that we would kind of keep them entertained um, for a little bit while they were here and uh, that started with a bit of, bit of colouring therapy. So... Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> went into office works and bought, you know, the most cost-effective but number of pencils and split them all up into little bags, of course, with my gloves on, um, split them up into all little bags and uh, got some beautiful Australiana um, colouring therapy. And, and, and we wrote a silly rhyme um, as well, you know, about their... I think we ended up, it used to be quite frequent, hashtag our heroes. Um, and so the rhymes continued. And um, we weren't sure if they thought that we were just a bunch of nutters or not. But um, I, I got a lot of them back. Uh, we shared some of them on our Facebook page. And we continue with different activities. Um, I found a Fundamentals of Nursing crossword that I put together and, oh. and sent up into their room just to keep their mind sharp, you know. It, it's, so it's a tough time. <laughs> it's a tough time for anybody in isolation, let alone being, you know, in a hotel by yourself. I can totally understand. I mean, even at, in, a, in our own homes, it's it's a very difficult thing not to just be able to go out and have a coffee with someone or it's um, it's very testing. And I, I can imagine um, the, the tough time that the health workers are going through at the moment and to have... Um, but to have somewhere nice and, and safe to, to sort of go to for that 14-day period, um, it sounds like you're, you're offering a great service there. So that's that's terrific. Now, just getting back to you, I'm going to put my glasses on because I cannot read it. <laughs> I'll, I'll put down here. Let's have a look. Um, just with um, from your perspective with when you've travelled, can you give us any funny travel tales, like along the way when you've travelled somewhere? Have you got anything funny to um, to discuss with well, us? Look, um, I think I didn't really get much of a, much of a chance to travel until two thousand and eighteen. Um, my mother-in-law had bit of a long story there, but my husband prior, so back 30 years ago, was engaged to a Swiss girl and we are very, very, very good friends. And um, my mother-in-law wanted to go over and see her, but my father-in-law is unfortunately a little bit unwell. So he said, well, who do you want to chaperone? Um, <laughs> yeah. I was really lucky to be that person. Uh, my mother-in-law is a gorgeous, gorgeous person. So I think airports and and security we we, we had a, a few funny moments but I think the funniest was when we were returning um, I think it was from Paris to London we were in Gatwick and she'd obviously taken some shampoo from the room she, she'd forgotten and so you know it's gone through the little scanning machine and like Mr security guard walks over and he goes like you know it goes back through the machine and he comes back out and he goes um and whose bag is this and she'd been asking her bag so her first thing is well you know whose bag it is because I've been asking like mm, that's not really the tone in which you speak to the guy that's got your bag you know behind you know and was um, all the security was increased because of, you know, the, the recent attacks. So he's like, mm, okay, it's gone, it, it's gone behind the glass. So her bag and her are now separated from the glass. And she's like, well, it's my bag. You can see that it's my bag. He's like, shh, shh, calm, calm down, like, you know, calm down. <laughs> so brings it over and I sit down there and she's trying to grab the bag from him and I'm like, no, 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 you can't, you can't do that. Just, like, calm down. So this, this went on and he, he was a little amused about it but, um, you know, still serious that, like, zips open the bag with his gloves on and he opens it up and he pulls out the offending shampoo and, you know, she goes, well, I don't know how that got in. And I'm like, 
Well, that's from the that's from the hotel room. So you, you did you did have something to declare there, okay? So, but she keeps trying to reach for his the bag, and he's getting a little bit annoyed at this point, you know, because it's behind the glass, and you don't go for the security guard now has control of your items. So, I, I don't really know, you know. Uh, seniors can sometimes be a little bit direct in how they're speaking to the younger generation when they think that uh, they're in the wrong. Um, she was clearly in the wrong and I really don't know how we did not get arrested in um, several of the ports. <laughs> it, was, it was always a little bit comical going through um, a, an airport security check-in with her. Sounds sounds like fun. It's a lot of fun. That's good. Look, I'd love to ask you also, in your opinion, what um, destination is doing it well in tourism? What have you found, like, in your travels? Who do you think is doing it well at the moment in, in tourism? Look, I, don't, I think right now that's really, really difficult, um, you know, to talk about. I think from an Australian perspective, if we talk about prior COVID and prior, you know, the change, I think, um, you know, obviously the Northern Territory um, I think that the the fear of not being able to climb the rock obviously overwhelmed people but mm. what I do hope um, comes from that is the fact that you know and especially from the pandemic being you know we've been stuck inside our own little island stuck in the middle of nowhere for quite some time I think and I think that as travel gets um, you know restrictions get released Maybe it might be nice if people went or continued that to the Northern Territory or to our outback or to our beautiful, beautiful places that we have to see in our own doorstep. So I think, you know, possibly, maybe um, it might be nice to see that continue in, in our outback. I agree. It's it's a beautiful spot. And it's I, I, think, um, I think from the moment we get that, green flag to say you can all all head out again. I, I can imagine Australia is just going to be all the hotels and resorts and, um, you know, caravan parks, they'll just be thriving, I think. So it's um, something's, something good has to happen out of all of this. Um, sorry? One would hope so. We would hope so, exactly. Let's hope that time comes soon. Now, um, I always ask everybody in... in in these podcasts, um, usually for I'll meet you in the lobby, but obviously we're in lockdown, so I'll meet you in lockdown. What has been your most emotional experience whilst you've been travelling that took you by surprise? Um, going back to 2018, uh, I've got I've got two beautiful daughters, a 26-year-old and a 21-year-old, and she was 18, the 21-year-old was 18 at the time, and uh, they're gorgeous girls, um, and the 18-year-old is a bit of a home girl, um, loves her mum and dad, um, you know, we can't complain. And the first thing was, well, what am I going to do without you for four weeks? Um, she's a bit hopeless in the kitchen and things. Um, what am I going to do without you for four weeks? So, like, you'll cope. And I think um, I, I put roaming on my phone and did all of that. But landing in Dubai, you, it, there was no roaming. And I think that it became really emotional and overwhelming. I remember looking out over this beautiful city from the hotel room in tears because I couldn't speak to her. I think the tears were more for her that 
how she would be with time difference and all of that. And that really did take me by surprise. I thought I would be up and ready for it and, you know, mother-in-law's laying there, it's been a bit jet-lagged and I'm just like sitting, sitting looking on this, whatever the temperature was, it was stinking hot, that's all I know. Looking out over this beautiful city, bawling my eyes out that she couldn't talk to me. Yeah, yeah. It, it can be emotional when you're away like that and especially if you haven't got that that connection at the time, it's um, difficult when you want to speak to somebody. Um, yeah. With with COVID-19 and with the lockdown side of things, when you are at home, and I know you're at work at the moment, but when, which is one of the lucky ones, um, when, you are, when you do wind down at the end of the week, how is, it, how is it different at the moment compared to what it would normally be at, on at any other normal week before all this has uh, taken place with COVID-19? Ah, uh, look, that's a bit of a sticky one because anyone that knows me, uh, I, I'm really not a wind-down kind of person. My weekends are, you know, always filled with, you know, parents to some descript um, running around. But I think, and I haven't really just yet had the chance to... To, to, to stop and kind of go, hey, there's some baking that can be done or, uh, you know, um, there's some, you know, cleaning. But um, I am the kind of person that will start pulling apart the study. Um, so what might be a, a visit to mum and dad? Well, not so much mum. Um, she died. You might want to cut that one out. <laughs> oh, a visit to my dad it used to be my mum and dad um so it would you know for me it's been all about my parents um we're fortunate enough my dad's locked away in Sejuna in the middle of rural South Australia um at the moment so he's safe um so there's not really that visiting so I think when I do I, I am off site It'll be about what I can, you know, clean out and shred and move around to annoy my husband. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. And also, just coming to the end of the of the podcast now, where are you planning to travel um, to next after lockdown's <gasps> all over? Where would you like to go? Where are you dreaming of? Well, we were dreaming and probably about a week or two away from booking um, our family holiday for 2020 to Europe. Um, so we didn't really do family holidays all that much as, as children, uh, with, my, with my children. So uh, we've got a, a big birthday and a big anniversary. So we thought we'd do the, the whole trip, uh, go back to Switzerland to take my husband. We were going to... We're going to have Christmas in the Alps with our Swiss friends and then head, head over to Mallorca, then over to Germany. So, you know, fortunately we can kind of like book those tickets just before everything shut down, but that's the, uh, that is still the, the dreams and the big plans um, for, for December 2020. Might have to get well, hopefully you'll be able to do it then. Let's hope. So oh, hopefully God. this will all be over and we can all travel again. It's um, it's it's debilitating, isn't it? It is. It's quite a, a difficult time, and it's um, I, I don't think any of us could ever have prepared for anything like this. And I think we're learning now to sort of get through things. But 
I think um, if anybody did have something booked, like yourself, it's um, it's you'll be counting down the days, hoping this all goes away because it'd be um, it's just it's a frustrating time. But listen, Candy, thank you so much for joining us on I'll Meet You in Lockdown. It's been interesting and, and really great to speak to you. And um, and stay safe and stay healthy. You too. It's been a pleasure. Thanks so much. See you later. Bye. Yeah.